0: chapter four of betty baird's golden year by anna hamlin weichel this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by holly jensen chapter four the commonplace book as the four young people passed through the gate into the garden betty spied her old commonplace book on the bench under the cedar betty's nook in the corner as it was called indeed every seat tree bush or rock in boxwood seemed to be named after someone lois's throne was the quaint old horse-block beside the gate under the twin fir-trees edwina's rock held a commanding place on the left terrace and nothing delighted her more than to sit on its rounding top and sing in her throaty way evidently imagining herself a great prima donna with the world at her feet i've looked through my desk time and again for this cried betty picking up the commonplace book and dropping it into her lap as she sat down jack please give me one of your good lead pencils she added holding up her hand lois i am going to write out that prophecy about the bared castle when betty looks as demure and humble as that and speaks out her words so that you can actually see em in italics you may be sure she's exploding with pride laughed jack handing her his pencil with its well-sharpened point ah cruel world murmured betty trying hard to look aggrieved she opened her book and with a pensive air began to write down the prophecy while lois related the tradition to jack and dunny why betty actually believes that about the eagles exclaimed jack believe it betty elevated her fine straight nose in affected surprise of course i believe it oh you americans are so practical now we scotch are more mystical she turned with a superior air to her book ah i see your friend Webby is pure unadulterated scotch too i believe drawled jack significantly as he sat down on the seat beside her betty appeared too absorbed to notice while lois and dunmore wandered off and sat down on lois's throne they had much to talk over for dunny was about to graduate from yale and lois had been traveling abroad during the winter months with her father now betty what in the world is the use of that thing asked jack pointing a sliding finger at the worn marbled cover of the commonplace book you can't possibly remember many of the quotations so they can't help you much betty gazed thoughtfully at it making little dots on the page with her pencil i love the book jack my father gave it to me when i was a youngster and started me to copying good things into it and memorizing them so that i do know nearly all of them really jack the contents of betty's commonplace book showed that her ideals had changed that her mind was opening to deeper thoughts and her spirit striving for a fuller and more permanent sway there were fewer and fewer merely graceful poems and selections and more that related to moods and character as if her year in the workaday world had shown her the necessity of what might be called formal character building in the words of one of her last entries a genuine longing for the grace of a cheerful heart an even temper sweetness gentleness and brightness might be read between the lines of her later quotations well jack she said presently with a lingering look at the book i am not so sure and yet but here's my latest he had a nature as large as the whole world yet there was not room enough for the memory of a wrong if everyone was that way wouldn't this be a delightful world to live in oh i don't know about that considered jack doubtfully what snap would we have without our villains and our enemies why the drama would have to go begging if foes became extinct well i'm charmed with the idea said betty re-reading the lines i've had my eyes open to the unlovely fact that resentment—a quick resentment that doesn't hang fire, though it's fiery enough, goodness knows—is my besetting sin. Oh nonsense, Bet! You may be resentful enough when you think of that confounded Webby, and nobody could blame you. Grumbled loyal Jack. You have less resentment than most people, as Epictetus says. Betty read a line from her book: "Let me be eaten by a lion, but not by." a webby," she ended laughing really jack i think it would be perfectly lovely to have a heart as big as the world and no room for the memory of a wrong the dramatists and jack brooks to the contrary notwithstanding oh it sounds well enough but you girls are rather transcendental there it is transcendental exclaimed betty up in arms at once just as soon as a girl mentions something that isn't clothes or tennis or cards or dancing or golf or yachting, she's transcendental. My oh my, what a string of 'em. Take care, Betty. You may have a spark of resentment in your big heart. Jack laughed good humoredly. Betty joined in the laugh. Here's your pencil, Jack. Thank you. Come. I'll beat you at a game of tennis, and then we'll see what's in your big heart. Putting down her book, Betty snatched up a racket that lay on the steps of the side porch and ran to the court, closely followed by Jack while Lois and Dunmore followed more leisurely. End of chapter Four: Recording by Holly Jensen.